This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning, this podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. I cannot recall the exact year and I've struggled to to see when, but in a spring season of baseball for one of my sons, I do recall I was sitting with mom. We were watching him play And I don't remember if it was on the back of his jersey or the other team's jersey, but there was this unique name for uh, a company that had sponsored. And mom said the name of the company and said, that sounds like a strip club. And if you know my mom, that's just not something that she would normally discuss. But it was an interesting name. And so it kind of stood out. And so then I believe it was that same year in the fall, I was doing a holiday market in Dallas, Texas called Chi Omega. And on one of the days, the defendant walked into my booth, sat on the couch. She was looking around. So it was unclear if she was a customer or a vendor. And you would get to know vendors at these shows. We had favorites that we would see. And then, you know, maybe if they were at the next show, you would see them again and that kind of thing. I had never seen her before. So I didn't really know. She started talking to me and, kind of like, oh, this is really cute, you know, whatever. And what's the deal with your company? And I just kind of told her about it. And so then she started telling me about her company. And I think I said to her, oh, I've I've seen that name before. Did you sponsor a baseball, you know, baseball team locally? And so we were talking and she kind of told me about her company and what she did. And she told me to come by and At one point I did go by, but there was honestly a huge crowd in there. And I, when you're at these shows, you crave not being around people (laughs) when they're over. It was very people-y in there and I didn't really want to go in. So I didn't, but I liked it on Facebook. I think found out there was a, a page called the Insiders Club. So I got into that private group and I would see these women who were sharing their outfits and they were posting selfies, but they weren't the normal selfies that you would see on social media of young, flawless, you know, beautiful, skinny girls. These were real people, my age, my weight that did not have the perfect, you know, Instagram body. They were posting their selfies and the other people in the group would comment such positive comments like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. And Then people would post if they were having a hard time and they, you know, maybe they got dressed and it made them feel better. And so then people would say, oh, I'm I'm praying for you. And they would just be so encouraging. And it was infectious, honestly, to see. And I did notice there were a couple of times when there was a little bit of drama, but because it had been such a positive environment, I, number one, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. But 
I was like, well, they must have said something really bad if, you know, kind of people are kind of coming at them like this. But again, I didn't really pay attention to it. And then I saw one time I recall I caught a live video on Facebook that the defendant was doing and she was crying in her car. She was so excited that she was going to be launching her own denim line. And it was just made to be such this big deal. And, you know, I was in the industry. We didn't really sell clothes at that point. We had some in the booth when I met her, but it was honestly just a filler for us. That wasn't our specialty. We did gift, but I worked with vendors. So I, I knew how to to do that. And it it is exciting the first time that you're going to do something like that. I was just, I was curious at first as to why it was such a big deal, but it just seemed so important to her. She had started from scratch and built this business. And again, I have a heart for small business. So I was excited for her. And it was like, what's all the hype about this, this, these jeans? And so then when the jeans came in, she promised that they would fit up to a size 22. And I was a size 22 at the time. And I was used to buying my clothes at Ross, TJ Maxx, Walmart, Kohl's sometimes. You couldn't find clothes at a boutique at my size, or at least I couldn't, even though I really liked to wear cute things. And so when she said that she had these jeans that were going to fit up to a size 22, I kind of just ordered a pair just to say that I did because it was a big deal. It was a big hype. I just really didn't think that they would fit. And so they came in the mail. Her business was local, so it didn't take that long. And I tried them on and I remember buttoning them and going, I can't believe they button, but let me just see if they zip. And they zipped. And I actually did look really cute. Now, let's not talk about the fact that they had uh, a lot of stretch, <laughs> but they did fit and they did look cute. And I was so, I was, I was beside myself. I could not believe that they fit. I ordered a pair for every day of the week because I wanted to wear these. They were also very comfortable. They were stretchy, skinny jeans and not, not leggings material for sure, but I loved them. I absolutely loved them. And I think ultimately I, I had multiple pairs of the same kind because at that point, I think there were really two main designs. And then there were some colored versions and I would start buying that. But that's when I really started buying the clothes a lot. And one of the big selling features was that they didn't gap in the back. And I did not have that problem because this is probably TMI, but flat and wide is my situation in the back. And so I didn't really have the gapping issue, but my sweet best friend did. She had a very um, prominent derriere and it was a plumber situation for sure with her. And so I said, Carolyn, you need to come and I'm taking you the, the defendant had a storefront at that time where she could go and try the jeans on. And I said, I'm taking you there and you are going to put these jeans on and it is going to change your life. And it did. I sat down. There was no gap. I was she thrilled. was dropping it like it was hot. It, it was so exciting. Truly. I, I felt like finally somebody understood that people have different issues. Some of us are more well endowed than others in the back and it creates problems. And so this to me was the answer to a prayer. Very happy. Of course, I'm going to buy clothes here. This is great. This person truly cares about people and mm -hmm. their issues and isn't just trying to do what everybody else is doing. They're trying to help people. 
One of the things that I loved so much about the defendant's social media and the store posts, and that really kind of, I don't know, made me feel like I could wear these clothes is that in the pictures, there was a smaller model and a plus size model wearing the same clothes. And that wasn't something that was very prevalent at that time. And it made me feel, you know, as a bigger woman, it made me feel normal. And that may sound weird, but, and I, and the thing is I had some, I had cute clothes. I mean, I've always enjoyed fashion, but it was just harder to find. And I would have to spend three hours digging at Ross to find three cute tops. And it just, it wasn't that much fun. And so to have this on display for me, it was also highly efficient and efficiency is like my love language. And so the fact that there could be these cute outfits styled together already in a plus size, I got to where I knew that if the model was wearing a certain size, I could wear a certain size and it was local. It was close. Shipping was same day or within 24 hours at that time. And it was great. And so I brought Carolyn, how many jeans did you leave with that day? Do you remember? Multiple pairs. Yeah, multiple. Like five or five something probably, ridiculous. Yeah. And she she goes, okay. She, she tells her husband because he's he used to play this game. Does he still do that to you? All the time. Okay. Where if Carolyn would be somewhere in the house doing something or whatever, and she happened to be bending over, he liked to drop items in, Random in her pants in the back because it was just open or whatever. And so she told her husband, she was like, you're not going to believe this. And uh, it was going to ruin all of his fun because she finally had some jeans that came up over her humps and covered that so that he could not do that anymore. True story. And so I loved the jeans. So I started buying a lot more stuff. And also because she was a small business and because she was local and because she was women helping women and all of this kind of stuff, I wanted to support that. And I knew that I could probably go to the stores that I frequented and get things for cheaper. But to me, spending what I was spending, I wasn't just buying clothes. It wasn't just a transaction that I was getting. I was helping someone. I was helping a local business owner, a fellow business owner, help grow her business. At one point, my business partner wanted to start helping or getting kind of into business with this girl that had started a clothing business, a boutique in where she was living. And, you know, kind of told me about her. And I even suggested, I said, you know, why don't you have her watch some of these? At the time, they were doing a lot of Snapchat videos where they would show the clothes. And um, and then they would do, I think, live videos. But I just said, why don't you have her watch their social media and how they present the clothes? Because it's very effective. And there they would have these things called Hunger Games, where if you were not online at 8 p.m. or whatever time it was, to buy whatever was being released that day, you were not getting it. It was selling out. And so it created this urgency, sense of urgency. And I think that a lot of people bought things and they didn't really need. I definitely did. But again, I justified that as, hey, I am giving a lot of my money to this company, but I'm supporting them. And I'm not just supporting the owner. These sweet girls that are models, all of their other employees, I had a business with employees. I knew the importance of having regular, solid customers that 
purchased a lot and supported us and enjoyed a good relationship with us. And so in my mind, that's what I was doing. I was supporting a fellow businesswoman. So I spent a ton of money. I ended up getting weight loss surgery in the fall of 2017. And so I did lose a lot of weight rapidly. And whenever you lose weight, one of the fun things is to get rid of all of your clothes that you that are way too big for you anymore and then to buy new ones. And I was like, I am only going to buy from this lady. I'm only buying these clothes. And I spent a lot of money on all of those clothes. I bought everything and I loved it. I had a whole closet full. I'm, I don't think that my husband loved it as much as I loved it. And I also would start posting my outfits, my selfies, my own selfies, not only in the group, but on my own social media. And I would tag the store and everybody who knew me knew that I shopped there. I brought so many people into shopping with her, not just Carolyn. I mean, anybody who would listen and every day it got to the point where I would post what I was wearing. I would even say the name of the item so that if it was either in stock or came back in stock that people could find it and purchase it. I had no benefit to do this. I was not being compensated. I just wanted to support this. And I loved the clothes and I felt confident and beautiful. And people were asking me for like styling advice. And I'm like, I mean, that's not really my jam, but like it was people were noticing that I was caring about my appearance every day as opposed to, you know, maybe occasionally I worked in a warehouse. It was, it was, you'd get dirty because as a leader, and this is an aside, I just not a person that would ask anybody to do something that I either hadn't done before or I wasn't willing to do right now. When we got trucks in, I'm out there, we're unloading it. And so I couldn't wear the cutest stuff every single day, but every day that I could, I would, and people would notice. And I would tell them anybody who would listen where I got my clothes. When I would post my selfies, I, I didn't start after I lost weight. I actually started before when I was at my heaviest. And the response that I got in this private Facebook group was so positive. And I even felt beautiful being at my heaviest and they would compliment me and, you know, and it felt good. My love languages are gifts and words of affirmation. Buy me stuff and tell me I'm pretty. Like it's, I'm not hard to love. And so that validation and the accolades, that just was a huge confidence boost. And I am very loud about the things that I love. And when I am passionate about something, everybody knows about it. And so it just became part of what I talked about every day to people. And again, would post my selfies, not just in the group, but on my own social media. And after I lost the weight and replenished my entire wardrobe with nothing but those clothes, I ended up spending over $20,000 over the course of those years on clothing. It was actually closer to 30 over those years, buying all of those clothes. Because I am so entrepreneurial in nature and I do love business and I do love small business, when my boys came to me and they said, Mom, we want to have a lemonade stand. And I said, You want to start a business? You're going to need a business plan. So you need to present with, to me your business plan, your logo, how you're going to market this, what's going to be your competitive advantage with your lemonade, you know, this kind of thing. And they're like, No, like, 
we just want you to make some lemonade for us and we just want to go have people give us money for it. And I was like, no, no, that's not how we operate. We, when we, we go bigger, we go home. And it gave me something to be passionate about in a time when I wasn't working. And it was also a way for me to kind of connect with my boys. And we did. We had a very successful lemonade business at the time. It was a business. I have a t-shirt. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm getting to that. At the time, the defendant had another business that her husband had started that made t-shirts. And so I thought, you know what? I support this woman with all of the clothing that I buy and let me get t-shirts made for my boys lemonade business and I will use their t-shirt company. And I did. And the deal was if you bought the t-shirt, what did you get? Free lemonade for the whole summer? Yeah, you got free lemonade. And so I have pictures of picking the t-shirts up at that business and supporting them through that. I could have gotten the t-shirt somewhere else for cheaper, but again, I just wanted to support them. And I would take lemonade samples up to the defendant's warehouse. So because I wasn't working at this time, I had more time and her warehouse actually was 0.3 0.3 and is 0.3 miles from my home. I've lived in the same home for 18 years. I think originally she had a warehouse in South Lake and then moved over here. I don't, I'm not sure when, but because I wasn't working, I could do warehouse pickup for my orders. It also prevented packages from arriving at my home to where my husband would see, would see them. And so I could just go pick my orders up and not have to kind of deal with that. And then I got to know some of the employees that were up there and I would take them lemonade samples. Also that summer, there was an event at the storefront that this woman had. She was closing the storefront after a period of time and they were having a big sale, blowout sale. And I went to help with that. Once again, volunteering, saw all kinds of people that I had known from the Facebook group, took pictures, got to know people. You know, you become personal friends with these people. And so I was there and I remember being there and seeing this particular employee and she was very frazzled because there were some clearance items that were supposed to be ringing up, I think as $10. Everything in the store was half off. However, they were ringing up as $5 because the system was set to ring items up for half price. And she was beside herself. She's like, this is my fault. I'm the one that did this. Now I have to retag all of these things. And I said, no, 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 you don't. I said, just set the, it's one price. It's in your system. It says clearance item, $10 or whatever it was. All you have to do is go into your system and find that clearance item. And instead of making it $10, make it 20. That way, when you ring it up, it'll be half price and it will be $10. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love you. You are literally like my favorite person on this planet right now. Do you have any idea what you've just saved me from? And so, and she was a cute girl. She was a little bit older than my daughter. And I was like, you know, that's, it's fine. It's no big deal. You're frazzled. You're stressed. I get it. It's totally fine. And so I kind of also became friends with her. She was doing modeling for the defendant as well as helping with the store. And so we kind of became friends. She would sometimes ask me for advice with relationships, you know, things like that, because I was old and wise, I guess. I don't know. But she's just super cute. And then when my granddaughter's father was moving out into his own place, I posted on my Facebook if anybody had any, you know, furniture for cheap or free that they wanted to get rid of because I was trying to help him get started. She actually volunteered 
a TV stand that she didn't need anymore. And so this was just a very much a community where you just start to get to know people and you become friends. Also that fall, the defendant had been on the Inc. 5000 list. I think that was her first year, I want to say maybe. And she threw a big party and only the allegedly only the top customers were invited to this party. And so because I had spent a small fortune, (laughs) I was one of the people that was invited to that party. And one of the other girls that I had struck up a friendship with lived in South Dakota. And when she came into town, she was going to need a place to stay. And I said, oh, you can stay in our guest room, which I realized sounds insane, but This girl, I had had so many, you know, personal conversations with her. She was a Christian. She just was a good person. And so I felt comfortable. I would not have done, I wouldn't have offered that publicly to just anyone who was coming into town, but because it was her and we had developed a friendship, I offered it to her. And so she came and she stayed in my home. She ate dinner with my family. She went to church with my family. I remember telling her, now Clara is going to be giving birth any day. My daughter was supposed to be, you know, having the baby. And the this party was around that same time. And I said, you know, you can stay with me as long as Clara hasn't given birth yet. But apparently, you know, obviously if the baby comes, we might have to do something differently. And I remember even telling her, you know, I have a dog named Matt. She's like, oh, I know. I see him on your stories all the time. And and I was like, oh, I forget, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we had this whole interaction. And then she came, she got to meet Max. She, you know, got to meet my kids and we had a great time. We went to the ink party. We took a picture together. I took a picture with the defendant took a picture with a lot of people. I took a picture with that sweet employee who was so frazzled that one day when she thought that she had made a huge mistake that was going to cost a ton of money. And it was, it was fun. And so because I had bought so much, the defendant would periodically find or choose or or just get to know some of her customers. She very much presented her business as, you know, we're all best friends. And so you weren't just buying clothes, you were part of a community. And I developed friends within that community. And so when they needed help at their holiday markets, after I had left my business, I never wanted to go to another holiday market. (laughs) They're so exhausting, but they needed help with, some locally. And at that point I would, I was not working. I was helping my daughter. My granddaughter was only a few months old and they needed some help locally at some shows. And I volunteered and I went and worked neath the wreath is a local show in Plano, Texas. And I went there and I worked the entire show. I was not paid for that, nor did I expect to be paid for that. I was just going to help. That's it. And I worked those long hours. I worked with a couple of other of the employees for the defendant. Again, I was just on a volunteer basis. Some other people from the insiders group also came and volunteered. And so we got to kind of hang out together and it was, it was fun. It was exhausting, but it was really fun. And so I worked particularly with this one girl who was an employee of the defendants and she did such a great job at that show. And I was telling her, you know, the things that I noticed from being a business owner and from being a leader and a boss 
I complimented her genuinely on her work ethic and the things that I saw about what she was doing. And so when the defendant asked me to go to dinner with her, and ultimately we did end up having dinner, and I started the conversation out with the same things that I had shared with that employee about the great things that I had noticed about her work ethic. And that conversation quickly turned into how the defendant was unhappy with that employee. And so I was very shocked at that because she had had, it wasn't the, the experience that I had had, but also I know as a business owner that sometimes you can outgrow places and people and that's okay. So if it wasn't a good fit anymore, then that was fine. And so I kind of gave her some advice from being a manager of people and being a business owner myself for five plus years of kind of what I thought about that. After that, she kind of started reaching out to me on a personal level more, which was fine. I mean, I did think it was a little, it was a new thing, but it didn't, it didn't bother me. And I was like, okay, you know, and everybody got really excited if she paid attention to them. So I felt like, oh, I should be excited about this. And I also, I did want to help her. I had gone to some events. I had helped at some shows. I knew that I had knowledge that could help her streamline her business. I knew that I did, but I wasn't necessarily going to be heartbroken if I didn't. I do remember at one point they needed some marketing help and it was over that summer that I was doing the lemonade business, which by the way, it was a business. They sold almost $4,000 worth of lemonade in a summer. We did events. It was great. And if you've not ever had that lemonade, you are missing out. It is very delicious. Of course, I was the production department. Um, and so I don't really uh, make that anymore. Anyway, they had needed some marketing help. And I sent an email to them and I attached my resume and I said, listen, I know that I am highly overqualified for what you're needing. I just want you to know I'm not doing anything right now. I live close by. If you guys need help, I can help over the summer, whatever. And, the, and I never got a response and that was fine. So when the defendant started kind of reaching out to me more on a personal level, you know, I had given her what I thought was, you know, just some business advice, business owner to business owner. And then ultimately there was some drama. That employee that I had worked with at that show and that she had expressed difficulties with, concerns about, left. And then the operations manager had also vanished. And one of the interesting things about this business model was that the models would kind of become the face. And so when one would leave, it would be dramatic because it seemed to be that they would leave under bad terms. I remember the one plus size model that I would follow her sizing. I was sad when she left. I didn't really know her. I don't even know that I ever met her, but I followed her sizing. And so when she left, I remember people asking, where is she? And the defendant would ignore the question. And I was like, what's the problem with, you know, whatever. And I think that's one of the reasons that I told her when she was having issues with that employee, it's okay if people outgrow each other. You don't necessarily, doesn't have to be a big blow up. It doesn't even have to be a bad break. If you're having these issues with her, have a rational conversation. Maybe she's feeling the same way and it's just time to move on because I had watched that other models exit, not be very friendly. And it seems that some people knew some tea about what had happened. To be honest, I really only cared because I didn't know what size to buy. 
that was my that was my big issue. Around this time, this was the spring of 2019, the operations manager, who was also kind of a prominent figure, was also mysteriously gone. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I may have even said to Carolyn, the operations manager is missing. Like, is she, you know, what, you know, what's going on? And, and I had even said to Carolyn, after I had been to a couple warehouse sales, I was like, oh, they need so much help. (laughs) It's really not a good situation. Like, they're just selling things and they're not marking down what it is. Like, how are they keeping accurate inventory? And I just was a little bit mortified and selfishly, I wanted to help the company because I wanted to keep buying the clothes. I loved the clothes and I loved the community. And so when she texted me in April of 2019 and said, I need a new operations manager. Do you know anybody? I was watching my granddaughter. I had planned to watch my granddaughter for the entirety of 2019 and not start working again until 2020. But this woman, she needed help. Her warehouse was 0.3 miles from my home. It would be very flexible for me. I loved the clothes. I had volunteered for several events. I knew I could help her. And so I seriously considered it, but I also wasn't really sure if she could afford what would be a market value for my salary. But again, I had worked for free before for two whole years. So let's not forget about that. But at first I didn't jump on it, jump on it. I I had another employee that I had had previously in mind for this who was very good at her job. The only issue is she had some small children and she didn't live here. And I told her about it and she just said that she was doing something else. I think she actually went into the medical field for a period of time. It wasn't something that she was interested in. And so I had texted the defendant back and I said, okay, well, there's, there's three options. Number one, I can help you find the right fit. Again, I had been a business owner. I had hired tons of people. I had heard her concerns in the fall of her employees. And I thought that I could at least help maybe find someone that was a good fit. The second option was I could help her while she found somebody so that there wasn't a huge gap and she could take her time and find someone who was the right fit. And the third option was I could do it myself. I could go and help her and be her operations manager. And she texted me back and said something along the lines of, I prefer option number three and so does everyone else. So I was excited, but I was also a little bit nervous and I I truly wasn't ready to go back to work yet. And I said, I'm not going to be able to come be there full time. I'm, you know, I'm watching my granddaughter and my daughter has classes through the first week of May. She's wanting to go to summer school. Like there are some things that we're going to have to figure out. Before I signed an employment contract, I went to the warehouse and I just kind of started helping out when my daughter didn't have classes. So when I wasn't watching my granddaughter and it was for free and I did this for about three weeks. Um, where I worked with no pay. And I was just trying to feel it out to see if it was going to be a good fit because I'd even said to the defendant, you know, if you don't want to mix customers and business, I get that. I had hired my friends before at the company that Carolyn and I met. I had hired one of my friends and then I had to let her go and it was horrible. Carolyn is a different story because we met while we were working and and so we knew each other's work ethic and that's why we became friends. But, you know, I I knew that sometimes you don't want to mix that and so I was fine with that, but she was really 
you know, appeared to be excited for me to come and work for her. And so I did notice some things that were a little bit of a red flag. And I called Carolyn and I said, I'm freaking out. I've been in toxic work environments before. I don't want to have to go into another one. I don't want to have to feel like that ever again. And I was scared because I was seeing some of the tendencies that I had seen in some of my other business dealings. Whenever I called you and was nervous about signing on the dotted line with a defendant, how did that conversation go? It was very simple. We knew from history that you loved this company, that you'd offered to help on multiple occasions, and that some of it did definitely seem red flags to you, to me. We could see it, but you weren't going to be her business partner. So I told you point blank, if you see anything that gives you any doubt whatsoever, you can just quit. Just leave. We know that the red flags are. We know the signs. As soon as you see one, just tell her it's not working out and go. So the difference was that the red flags that I was seeing, they weren't directed at me. I was the savior. I was, it was said, if Jesus had a wife, it would be me. I was what I know now. I was being love bombed. But I was the saint. I was here to help. I was going to get everything, you know, right. So I was being praised and complimented and built up. And so, and I told Carolyn, I was like, it's weird though, because none of this is directed at me. And the defendant had complained about her prior employees. And so I just thought, well, if I can just help her, like she has had some really bad luck <laughs> with employees. If I can just help her, maybe she won't be so stressed. I remember the famous line from Carolyn is, if you don't like it, if you see these red flags, you can just leave. It's not like you would have to file a lawsuit. You're not her business partner. You can just leave. The lawsuit that I had to go through with my prior business partner, while it was obviously looking back now, it was very simple. It was still horrible. I do not wish the legal process on anybody. However, it is important to stand up for yourself. But I didn't want to go through that again. It was awful. It was the waiting, the, it was just, it was not fun. I don't, it was not something that I ever wanted to have to do again. And that was something that I was so afraid of. And I knew that the next place that I worked, I just wanted it to be a positive, healthy environment after, you know, the kind of things that Carolyn and I had been through prior when we worked together. When I did agree to work for the defendant. My husband had reservations because of the salary. I was going to be paid half at least of what I would have gotten for my experience, but I had negotiated a bonus structure that would, if we hit certain goals, it might get me in the ballpark of where I needed to be, certainly not where I needed to be. But also I thought, you know, if I can go in and really help her and get her business on track, and get sales moving in the right direction. You know, it's a very real possibility. It might take a couple of years, but I've, I had built a business before. I knew how to do it. And so I agreed to it also because, you know, I wasn't really going to have a gas money because it was 0.3 miles from my house. It was very convenient for my children. And so there were just a lot of other external factors that I considered when I agreed also, you know, when you're an employee there, you got a discount on the clothes. And so I kind of sold that to my husband 
as like, well, okay, you holler about my spending. Look how much money I'm going to save <laughs> because I would get the employee discount. And so ultimately I did decide to go to work for her. And I remember standing in her husband's office with the papers. And I just said, is it always like this? Because there was some drama happening. She was very unhappy with the inventory manager and also with her husband. She was in LA at the time and was trying to send some products to be put in the system. She was unhappy with the speed that they were being put in the system and was unhappy that they maybe weren't understanding what she was wanting. And I was trying to be the buffer and I was trying to also help but it was one of those red flags. And I said to him with that paperwork, is it always like this? And I will never forget. He, he looked at me and he didn't answer. He just said, I mean, well, um, I mean, what do you mean? You know? And so, but I, I genuinely thought she's just stressed because she's frustrated. She lost, you know, the operations manager had been gone, I guess, for a couple of months at that point. The other employee that she had had issues with had quit. So there was some jobs that maybe weren't being done like they needed to be. She had, you know, as far as she had told me, she had just had some really bad experiences and there was some betrayal going on with some former employees and she was just stressed. And so I thought, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help her. And if I can get the business healthy, and thriving, then she won't be stressed and she won't be acting like this. I was very, very wrong, but that was my heart. I was just like, let me get in here and help and do the things. And I had even told her in the, I wouldn't call it interview process because there really kind of wasn't one, but in the process of me talking about coming to work for her, you know, I had noticed on her social media that a lot of her former employees would spend a lot of time at her home after hours and her employees' spouses would be there. And it just seems like they spent a lot of time together. And I told her from the beginning, I said, that's not me. And I said, I'm a known workaholic. I know that I'm a workaholic. I love working, but I need to be able to work and then go be with my family. I have three kids. I can't, and a grandchild and a dog. And we had guinea pigs at the time, actually. And I, I'm a grown woman. I have my own life. I, I had led worship for 15 years. And at that time, I was also participating in some fun music nights with some of my old worship team band members. I just, I had my own stuff. And so I had told her like, I, if that's the expectation, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's just not me. I genuinely just wanted to help the business. And I would say to her, my reasons for being here are selfish. I just want to be able to buy these clothes forever because I love how they've made me feel, the confidence they've given me. And so I will do anything to help keep the business afloat so that I selfishly can benefit from wearing the clothes. And that's why I was there. And it was kind of a funny, a funny joke, but I was being serious. That's, I just wanted to help her. One thing that I noticed in the Facebook group and also with different employees leaving is if someone was out, they were out. 
if there was conflict or if anybody kind of said anything negative towards or about the defendant, not only were they kicked out of the Facebook group, but also you, it was implied. It wasn't like directly said, but it was just understood that you just didn't associate with them anymore. I saw it happen with employees before I got there. I saw it happen with prominent people that had been maybe posting in the Facebook group and then weren't anymore. Also, she had a program called Brand Reps where different people that she had selected had a as affiliate code is what it was. It was an affiliate program where they could give their family and friends their code. And if they purchased the products, then they would get a small percentage. And there were some of those people that weren't there for whatever reason. And it was just understood that you don't associate with them anymore. And so looking back now, it really seems almost cult-like. The hype that everybody would buy into, the amount of money that people were spending. I actually remember one woman who later threatened me publicly on the defendant's public libelous posts about me. She threatened me physically. But anyway, long before that, I saw her have some commentary with another previous customer about how their buying habits were unhealthy when they were purchasing from the defendant. And it just was like the, the urgency that you had. It was almost like, you just you had to buy it and it just turned into something that really wasn't wasn't healthy. And so there are just some tendencies that as I look back, it where I was coming at it from a perspective of supporting a small business, a local businesswoman, a fellow businesswoman, it wasn't a very healthy situation that I had kind of gotten myself into. So I have Laura with me. I met her through the community that this influencer had created. Laura is the only one when all of this started who contacted me and said, this, this, this does not seem right. There's just no way. And the thing that made me respect her so much is that she knew exactly what she was in for. If she did not go along with this nonsense, we didn't really know each other that well. It's not like we had become best friends or anything, but she knew that it was wrong, was not about to go along with it, and risked being exiled and excommunicated just to stand up for what is right. And for that, I, I will respect her forever until I am no longer on this planet. And I couldn't believe that she was the only one now, there were some coworkers, obviously, that weren't going along with this, but this was the only person that was that I had just made friends with out in the community that stood up for what was right. So, my name is Laura. So, I first met the defendant through a sorority sister of mine in 2015. Um, at first, when I met her, you know, I didn't really think too much about it. I thought that she was a really nice person. Um, you kind of get that feeling that it's kind of in awe, you know, uh, she really puts on a front that it's a great environment to be in. She welcomes you in, wants you to be in her circle. And once you're in her circle, she wants you to stay there. And then once you don't follow the rules, you follow what she asks you to do, you are out of the circle. Um, I experienced those things being in the circle and I witnessed the way she treated people 
uh, online and then or at the warehouse. Um, and it's a really unfortunate situation for those people. And then, of course, personally for myself, the way she treated me. And it was uh, it's not a great feeling to feel at all. And then, of course, what she did to Crystal was just really, really unfortunate. I saw the way that she treated people. For example, there was a jean situation. Someone had asked about a jean size and they uh, were unsure. They were thinking it was their first time purchasing some jeans and they were in between sizes. And she made fun of this person because they were of a heavier set. And it was just really unfortunate that in this group chat, you were making fun of this person and you were constantly wanting to build these people up and talking about how much you loved each other and, you know, supporting these women. But then on your inner circle, you're wanting to make fun of this person for asking about a bigger size to wear your brand. This person that you're talking about, this issue with jeans. This is not me, correct? Correct. That is not you. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. No, I know that I know that you had a gene thing with the, the defendant, but no, this particular situation is okay. not you. The first time I met her was when she had the storefront and then I had shopped just through the storefront. And then I guess she made it how you could shop at the warehouse. Then I became friends with her. And so the more you get to know her and the more you shop with them, they develop this brand ambassador or brand reps um, where you get to maybe shop first or get sneak peeks first of the clothes. And then you get to have like an insider page or just a brand rep page. You get discounts, I guess, maybe on um, some clothes, but you get some perks about shopping for her clothes. And then if some of the customers had questions, she wanted those brand reps to answer those questions for the customers versus just kind of blowing up the you know, her or some of the other girls that worked there first. So we got to put in for those brand reps and then she picked a few people at a time. So I got picked one time to be one of those brand reps. And I was really excited because I spent way too much money at the time uh, shopping for her. And so I was really excited that I got to be chosen. She asked me to do a denim shoot for her. And that's actually how I met Crystal was at the denim shoot. You know, that's kind of how you start to learn more and more about her and what it's really like on the inside. We never got paid for anything. When we helped with boxes, when we did the denim shoot, we're helping with shipping. Like, no, everything was volunteer. The only thing when I did the denim shoot the first time, because I'm the one that did the whole denim shoot, she asked me to get the people. I made the time, like the whole shebang. She paid me in clothes. So I guess if you make that as getting paid, that was it, but which I appreciated because I liked the jeans, but that was it. In the first denim shoot, there was a really nice photo mm -hmm. of a bunch of women of different shapes and sizes in the denim. And in those photos, there's a very iconic photo. You are directly in the center. Yep, right next to her. What later happened to that picture? So, um, well, the very first denim shoot, yeah, that I did. And this is how I knew that I was, in, you know, that you're in with her because she positions you how she wants you. And so in a lot of photos, I was next to her. So we're all standing, you know, in a line. So she made this huge banner that she took to all of her shows. So because I'm next to her, well, once I got outed, she cropped the photo and just took me out and just slid the next girl over next to her. But yeah, it made me laugh hysterically when I saw that. Because I was like, man, you just, that's one way to really cut somebody out. So... And I'm just asking for a ballpark number here. If you had to speculate on how many people you personally witnessed her fall out with and have a bunch of drama in your time knowing her, being in her circle, how many people do you think? I mean, maybe 10. And what kind of time frame? I've known her 
since 2015. So, um, so not quite 10 years. So more than one per year. Yeah. And some who are in multiple, I mean, multiple people in multiple years. So now she said in her sworn deposition that she could not think of any other person on this earth that did not like her besides myself and one other party. So you saying that she had had these fallings out with people contradicts that. Again, if you didn't follow what she was saying, you were out. If you didn't come to her house, if you didn't worship what she was saying, if you didn't do X, Y, and Z, if you didn't go on the trips that she was doing, you were out. So when she would have a falling out with someone, would you see drama online? Oh, yeah. I mean, people came. She would say ugly. The defendant would say ugly things. I mean, her people kind of came in and made the jabs. You know, if there were pictures online, like those all got deleted. It was kind of like a breakup, you know, relationship. Like, we'll just wipe you from the board. She made sure that you were just wiped out. And did you ever witness her defame anyone else publicly, privately? Oh, absolutely. She had no problem running her mouth. Did you notice a pattern? when the defendant would have a falling out with someone, any sort of pattern whatsoever? Uh, Yes, because like I said, if you didn't do what she asked of you or you didn't like what she was doing, and if you kind of went against her, then she made sure to put you on blast. She would talk about you either on the insider page or she would talk about you on her lives. When she would have this falling out, would she ever make it clear or have any sort of communication that other people should not be associating themselves with this person or was that understood? It was definitely understood. I mean, she's not going to say, you know, for example, Crystal Wrighton is no longer allowed in this group. You know, this person is just going to be removed and then somehow or another, someone else is going to say something like, oh, we haven't seen Susan in a while because if Susan was a big poster and then that's when someone's going to say like, well, didn't you know, Susan, da, 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 and then here it all comes. So someone from the inner circle or somebody's going to know something and then that's when it's all going to come out. So she alone is never going to be the one that says what exactly happened, but you know, it came from her. So that's how she stays in the clear because the words never came out of her mouth. You've talked about how you met the defendant and being in her inner circle and what that required. Would you agree or disagree that the environment was a little cult-like? Once I left that community, I just was thinking, oh my gosh, that is exactly what that is. And I can't believe that I fell for something like that. On the flip side, I'm glad that I was in that community because I was able to meet some people like Crystal and some other people um, that I still have friendships with and have relationships with. I just, I feel like it is an unfortunate cult-like environment that some people still need to have a realization that that's what it is. Um, And I hope someday that they can find that for themselves. Next time on False and Defamatory. Why do I feel this way? This seems like such a good thing. If you get in and it is bad, you can just quit. In the summer is when the defendant first told me about these hate blogs. She would constantly accuse people of being a troll. She was not only just obsessed with the trolls, but truly anybody that might have anything negative to say to her. And she would always say, loyalty is the most important thing to me. 
she created an Instagram account with that person's phone number and the username, I'm a teacher and a troll. And she said that she emailed that woman's principal and knew that teacher's room number at her school and commented and said, room number XXX is nowhere a child should be. When we went out of town, that is when some more red flags came and it was kind of wild. And she screamed at me and threw me out of her room. She humiliated me in front of everyone. And I could hear her screaming that she was not going to share her money with employees that were not grateful. Not only was I not resigning, I was taking responsibility for this and apologizing The defendant often gave this persona about how giving and kind she was and generous. And for her to be berating me, trying to nickel and dime employees for having Independence Day off, it was nuts. I watched her lie to employees when she would fire them and say, I have the footage. I know what you did, but I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say it. I didn't wanna work for someone who I didn't respect. It was a negative, terrible place. But I like hanging out with y'all, so that's why I stayed. I know. I think we all stayed for each, for each other. other. Yeah. <laughs>
achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton.